0: Chapter 2. Should I let this runaway trolley I'm driving kill five people, or should I pull a lever and deliberately kill one different person? Weird question, right? I mean, we were just goofing around, talking about Les Miserables and YouTube comments, and suddenly we're in some dystopian vehicular psychodrama. Obviously, chances are you've never been in this exact situation, and you probably never will be. But trust me when I say that any understanding of modern ethical decision-making requires you to think very hard about what you would do if you were faced with this choice, and more importantly, why you would do it. So, you're driving a trolley and the brakes fail. On the track ahead of you are five construction workers who will be smushed by the runaway trolley, but, there's a lever you can pull that will switch the trolley onto another track on which is one construction worker. The questions are obvious. Should you do nothing, allowing five people to be killed? Should you pull the lever, killing one person? Also, why are these people working on active trolley tracks in the middle of the day? Who approved this? Was it Jerry from scheduling? That guy is so incompetent. You know he only got this job because his cousin owns the trolley company. This thought experiment and its many variations, which we'll get to shortly, are collectively called the trolley problem. The original question was posed in 1967 by a British woman named Philippa Foote, though it wasn't named the trolley problem until Foote's essay was discussed by a woman named Judith Jarvis Thompson, whom we'll meet later and who is largely responsible for many of the maddening variations we're about to investigate. In the annals of trolley problem history, Foote gets all the headlines, but Thompson actually deserves a lot of the attention. Also, Foote was British, so she called it a tram, and the tram problem just doesn't have the same ring to it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Philippa Foot sounds like the name of a fairy-tale mouse who lives inside a purple mushroom in an enchanted forest. But she wasn't a fairy-tale mouse. She was an esteemed philosopher, and the trolley problem is arguably modern philosophy's most famous thought experiment. In fact, it's so famous and oft-discussed that many academics kind of hate it now. They roll their eyes and look annoyed when it comes up because it's all anyone has talked about for 50 years. It's like the philosophy version of Stairway to Heaven or The Godfather or something, an admitted classic that has suffered from overexposure. But suck it up, academic philosophers, we're going to talk about it, because working through its complexities does a bang-up job of explaining why doing the right thing is so difficult. Most people agree that in the original conception, we should pull the lever. We give this answer reflexively. It just kind of seems like the right move. We don't know anything about these people. They're just anonymous construction workers who inexplicably don't find it important to pay attention to the seemingly vital question of whether there might be a trolley bearing down on them, so we ought to save as many as possible, right? We have the chance to do something simple that spares four human lives. Pull that lever, baby, and we'll be heroes. But hidden in this problem, lurking under the surface, are a whole bunch of booby traps, the troubling places that our answer leads us to once the original scenario is even slightly modified. For example, what if we're not the driver, but just an innocent observer, standing next to the tracks where, in this version, the track switching lever is located? Now, we don't have the same decision-making responsibilities that we might have if we were employed by the trolley company. Would we still pull the lever then? Or what if the potential smooshies aren't anonymous? What if we look out through the front windshield and recognize our friend Susan standing over there on the other track, and because we don't want to kill our friend Susan, who's so nice and thoughtful and once gave us her Beyonce tickets when she couldn't use them, we actively decide not to switch tracks? Is it morally permissible to let five people get killed in order to save our friend Susan's life? Or, What if we see Susan standing there on the other track? But not only is she not our friend, we hate her. She's condescending and mean and she refused to give us her Beyonce tickets that one time, even though she couldn't use them. And actually, we were literally just telling our sister yesterday that sometimes we really wish that Susan would be flattened by a runaway trolley. If we pull the lever now, did we do it because we wanted to save five lives? Or because annoying Beyonce ticket hoarding Susan had it coming? Here's the one that always gets people. What if we're actually standing on a bridge that spans the tracks and we're looking down at the runaway trolley and next to us is a big, thick-necked weightlifter named Don who's leaning way out over the edge of the bridge? This variation comes from Judith Thompson's seminal 1985 article on the trolley problem. In her version, it's an overweight man. Thick-necked weightlifter just sort of seemed less judgy. We, apparently experts in physics, calculate that Don is just massive enough so that if the trolley hit him, it would slow down and come to a stop before the five guys got smushed. Which means all we have to do is shove Don the teensiest bit so he falls onto the tracks and he gets smushed, saving five other lives. Would we shove him? Most people draw a line in the sand here and say no, they would not shove poor Don to his certain death. At which point, whoever is administering the thought experiment rightly points out that the action and the result are essentially identical. In one scenario, we pull a lever, in the other, we tip Don off a bridge, but in each case, we are knowingly causing the death of one innocent person to save five others. But it feels different, right? I mean, there's gotta be a difference between pulling a lever from inside a trolley and physically shoving someone off a bridge. Also, be more careful, Don. Stop leaning so far out over the railings of bridges. None of the people in the trolley problem have any awareness of the dangers all around them. It's infuriating. We're not nearly done, by the way, with thorny trolley problem-related quandaries. What if we're doctors in a hospital and five people come into the ER needing five different organ transplants or they'll all die? One of them needs a heart, one a liver, One a lung, one a stomach, one a spleen, I guess. Do you need a spleen to live? It doesn't matter. The point is, they all need organs. We, the exhausted doctors on duty tonight, walk to the vending machine to get a soda and we see a custodian happily cleaning the floors. Maybe he's singing a little song to himself about how healthy he is and how it's so cool that all of his organs are functioning perfectly. This gives us a great idea. We'll kill that custodian harvest his organs, and divvy him up. His heart goes to the heart-needing guy, his spleen to the spleen-needing lady, and so on. Everybody wins, except for the custodian. Again, this seems abhorrent, but in essence, it's no different from our action and its results in the original experiment. Because of a choice we make, one innocent person dies, and five innocent people live. Almost none of us would agree to that version, however. It's one thing to pull a lever, we think, it's another thing entirely to sneak up behind a singing custodian and garrot him with a piano wire so we could rip out his spleen. This is why the trolley problem is so compelling. Our answers to the simple question, is it okay to do this, vary widely with each different version, even though the basic act, choosing to kill one person, and its end result, five others live, is always the same. So, what the hell?